Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Jim Varnish Jr. He's a general partner at Morgan Hill Partners. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Morgan Hill Partners is really actually quite interesting. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. So I really grew up in the Chicago, uh, Wisconsin, Chicago kind of general area, uh, Milwaukee, Chicago. Sure. Uh, Made my way down um, into the uh, Missouri area for college at University of Missouri. Okay, what did you take and, and why? Got a, um, so at, I went to Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin first, Okay. and um, I got my bachelor's in business administration and management. Okay. Um, made my way down to Missouri for uh, journalism, thought I wanted to be on uh, on the big TV <laughs> <laughs> sure. for broadcast journalism and strategic communications. And then um, upon graduating, thought that I had uh, you know, really had enough on the journalism side and wanted to get back into business, went back for my MBA okay. um, and uh, went back to that at the University of South Florida and, and got my uh, master's in management there as well. Very cool. So walk me through your career up until what you're doing now, because you've done a ton of stuff. Yeah. So I started working in um Strategy and operations really mostly focused on mergers and acquisitions, M&A, okay. um, and some other operational roles at a really early age um, and continued down that path really throughout college. Um, after college, I worked as an operational district manager before making my way into kind of the coalescing world of technology and, and consulting at Tribridge okay. uh, here in Florida, um, which is where I really kind of hit my stride. Um Starting out at a, a strategy role in their uh, human capital management division, mostly evaluating acquisitions, improving business process, everything kind of soon evolved into a corporate role there. Okay. Um, working for the CFO to create new solutions, uh, evaluate new workloads, drive some additional strategic initiatives, and really do everything I had kind of been doing, but in a more technology-friendly environment. Gotcha. Um, as opposed to the distribution and retail M&A that I've been doing prior. Um, and working in that high-growth tech environment, I just kind of became obsessed with leveraging innovation, leveraging technology to improve that strategy and operational process mind that I had been working with for so long, and um, had the opportunity to uh, build and, and run the investment and fund strategy at a uh, micro venture capital company here in in Florida, Florida Funders. Very cool. Um, which was offered to me, getting them off the ground and running, and was excited to to dive in because it was really my uh, first chance to create scalable processes in the world of technology and find some innovative technology companies that were a little bit earlier stage to invest sure. in. 
um, much earlier stage than the mid-market and enterprise uh, focus that I had had prior. Um, and so, you know, speaking with really hundreds of those early stage, uh, seed stage companies uh, at Florida Funders, I just began to see a lot of the challenges that just run incredibly rampant in that ecosystem. Okay. Um, which which led me to uh, led me to starting a company that was called Startup Solutions, um, and that company was really focused on providing a a, a lot of ser- one off services to get people through some of the funding gaps that exist for early stage companies, helping them to put together sales process and prepare for investment and really think about things from a go-to-market strategy perspective in a, in a very different way than they might have been. Okay. Um, uh, really focused on, focused on focusing, if you will. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and, uh, and really starting to think about outcomes rather than output, which is a really big area of focus that, um, that I've kind of had for quite some time now. Um, and, you know, as part of that, um, you know, had a lot of challenges because it was an equity only model that I was working in at the time, um, was trying to do it with a lot of people that I was paying cash. So taking equity in and, and paying cash is always a challenge. Sure, um, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, was able to kind of coalesce a lot of that same framework into, um, a company that's now become, um, Morgan Hill Partners which has uh, been in existence for about a year now. Okay. Um, I, boy, yeah, already a year. And um, I've teamed up with two other serial entrepreneurs um, that, uh, that, that are helping me to kind of put that same vision around helping that stage of companies, um, taking that same playbook uh, around doing the right things at the right time, but teaming it up with um, a bit more uh, executive talent than I had been working with at, at Startup Solutions. So folks that have really been doing this for 30 plus years gotcha. um, on either the investment or operational side, which I, I personally can't say, I can say 15, okay. um, but folks that have been doing it a lot longer than I have. And um, really taking that same vision around um, how to build a company from startup to scale up, how to predictably build, innovate, and accelerate growth. Um, and turn it into something that's uh, now a reality with um, about t- with 12 clients now. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, in less than a year. Um, awesome. We've assembled a team of about uh, 15 really senior executives okay. that, that play a role within our company and, um, and have actually been able to, uh, by, by turning our methodology into more of a curriculum, uh, we've been able to bring some uh, less experienced folks on board who are just really talented and really emerging talent, right? Some might be ex-consultants, some might be ex-investment bankers, some might be um, just people that are really looking to uh, to become that next set of really experienced executives. Okay. And 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 we're taking them into the fold. We've got about five of of those um, what we call associate partner talent as as part of our. Uh, as part of our team now as well. So a little over 20 people um, going strong, a little little bit more than 10 clients going strong. And um, we're really excited about about what we have going on here. Very cool. No, that's awesome, man. And congrats because that's huge, right? To get that many clients in your first year and and keep kind of growing and, and building. That's really great of you guys. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into kind of your services and how how they kind of or how your process works. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um where would you like me to start from 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 day one? As yeah, we, I think that makes the most sense. The yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, ultimately, our our focus is on determinally or deterministically building high growth and capital efficient companies, um, okay. all all technology companies. Okay. And so, in order to do that, we're big believers in data, and okay. uh, in order to get that data, we have to to do these assessments. And so, from day one with a client. We work on really getting a holistic view of where a client sits in really all of the main functional disciplines of a company. And okay. we've streamlined in, into five main boxes. Uh, the first is company, which will include, you know, the overall market, the strategy, the company strategy, the investment strategy. Um, uh, and then we'll go into team, which would include talent and culture and overall execution. Okay. Um, and then we would go into product, which would be tech services and really the overall offering that we're, that we're working on and, uh, and what we're going to market with. And then, uh, then what really people really love to talk about revenue, uh, sure. which is your know, marketing and sales and channel and, and your digital approach. Um, and then operations, which uh, includes finance, operations, uh, you know, overall uh, administrative and legal. And so if you take those five areas of company, team, product, revenue, and operations, and you apply a, a data-driven approach to getting the information that matters um, at the stage that that particular company is in, whether that's their discovery stage, their validation stage, their efficiency stage, or their scale stage. Um, you're really able to get a, a, a holistic picture around where they sit in each disciplinary area and at what stage that discipline exists at. And so that's really the baseline that we start with from an assessment point of view. Okay. Um, those assessments are taken every 90 days to make sure that we're, um, that we're really maintaining not only progress, but that we're still doing the right things at the right time. Okay. And, and, and that assessment then drives a roadmap, a 90-day roadmap around the overall strategy, the uh, tactical steps and plan that we're using to execute against. And that roadmap then uh, leads towards our overall execution. And in some clients, um, that may look like advisory work, if that's what's preferred. Okay. Um, in most clients, we're actually not really consultants, right? We're in the business. We're part of the business. We're partnered with the business. And so we're in there from a management perspective. We're in there from a coaching perspective. We're in the business helping them iterate, test, and execute on the roadmap that we provided. Okay. And that's what we really love doing. Sure. So we just really love building those high growth companies in that way from assessment through roadmaps through execution. No, that's very cool. So what types of verticals do you guys like to play in or does it not really matter? Um, well, it always, it always matters. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. um, I, I, I would say, um, you know, while we focus on tech, while we're, while our message is on technology companies as a whole, okay. we have some very unique operating partners in many of the, uh, industry expertise areas. Okay. So, um, Harold 
is one of our partners and is an expert in fintech. He's been, uh, he was at Alliance Bernstein as an executive for years, sure. went into fintech and has been doing fintech for 10 plus years and now has decided to come into the Morgan Hill fold to execute on uh, very focused fintech companies in many areas, fintech or insurance. Um, Dwayne was a uh, you know, multi, uh, very high level executive for IBM. Okay. Uh, went to run Amadeus's America's practice. And so he now runs our travel and transportation practice after, um, you know, after doing a lot on the strategy side for both of those companies. Um, those are a couple examples. Uh, and as I said, we've got about 15 of them. I won't go into all of them, but sure. whether it's FinTech or travel and transportation, or if it's education, ed tech, or um, HR tech or IOT uh, or real estate tech, there's a number of different verticals or sectors that we that we concentrate on. And we've really tried to cover the full map of any industry that you could see within tech across all of our partners. Okay. So at what point should somebody come to Morgan Hill Partners? Where do they need to be in the at in their stage of business? Yeah, if you if there's a company uh, that is raising capital or looking to raise capital, okay. actively hiring executive talent, and or had a recent executive level departure, whether that's a CEO, CTO, etc., or just in general trying to generate more sales, okay, that's um, that's between um, the uh, what we call discovery stage, which is really you know, having an MVP in place. Um, having some existing infrastructure around raising their initial capital okay. or through scale stage, which in our case applies, uh, you know, all the way up until $50 million in annual revenue. Gotcha. Um, so really anything under 50 million okay. um, is, where, is where we try, tend to focus. Five, five zero, focus right? That's what probably, you said? Five zero, 50 million? Yeah. Five, yeah okay. Five, okay. Five I just want to make sure yeah, I heard that's, that correctly. That's, often, that's oftentimes when we'll, when we'll, um, when we'll have a company, uh, hand off to something else, or they'll li- likely be well on their own at that point. Um, most of our clients sit between the one million and, and ten million annual revenue stage. Sure. Okay. So you you say something on your website that I find quite intriguing that you invest a portion of your fees back into a business. Do you want to talk uh, about that and, and why you guys decided to do that? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So um, it's a great question. So, you know, ultimately, um, talent is one of the hardest things to come by these days, right? Um, You know, ultimately, there's a huge talent gap where especially companies of this size just can't afford the executive talent they need to excel in every discipline. And up to 91% of, of early stage companies find talent somewhat or extremely challenging to find. It's probably one of the most, if not the most, important issue affecting most companies sure. and you know the, the 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 flip side of that is that um investors expect that talent to be there um they expect <laughs> sure. all of these components to be in place whether it's um a data-driven strategy a scalable product excellence across the board from all five of those discipline areas from company to talent to product to revenue to operation and they expect it to be they expect it to be really really in really good shape, right? Sure. They expect it sure. to um, to be in a place that's investable. And so what ends up happening is though, even though there's more investment in the space 
than ever. Um, 2017, I think, saw somewhere around $84 billion in the VC space. Um, there were less deals invested in than than the last year, right? So more money is going to less deals, and that's largely because companies have a lot of these gaps. Interesting. And and so, in order to fill that gap, you can't just fill it with any talent. You can't just hire the talent because you might not have the investment to do so. And so, companies are just left to either do nothing or hire executives that are focused in one area and ignore some of the other areas. And so what we've tried to do is not only coalesce um, some fractional executive talent where we can bring people in in a fractional basis, which helps cut costs, but we can do so in a model that um, is a little bit easier for earlier stage companies to digest, where if they they defer a certain amount of that towards whatever that milestone is or towards defer a certain amount of our our costs towards whatever uh, certain milestone exists, whether it's raising capital or reaching x dollars in sales um we then you know take a bet on the company by deferring that into some type of equity stake and you know what we found is that as long as we um, are very low on the cap table and, and still align ourselves as a partner um not only do the companies believe more that we're seeing them as a success because we're taking our bet on them right but investors see it as um having some sort of uh, kind of safekeeping where we're almost getting the majority of our deals from the venture community, from the investment banking community, where they're seeing deals that they love, but they're just not ready to fund. And they're handing them over to Morgan Hill to help clean them up and get them into a better state so that they become investable. Gotcha. And so it, it makes the equity piece a little bit easier to, to understand um, on all three sides of the equation between Morgan Hill company and investor um, when there's that storyline in place and, and everyone wins essentially. Got you. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and the fact that you guys have a bunch of relationships with um, investors and, and other kind of firms that have done it in the past give you a huge advantage. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's really nobody else in the space that, that's doing things and approaching things the way that we are. Okay, but you guys, other than giving back a portion of your fees, you are not putting your own capital in. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Although we will have some sort of a fund um, by the end of this year or early next year okay. that we're working off of that will. Um, and we do have a lot of uh, high net worth individuals on our team that sometimes do really like a deal and decide to contribute individually away from the firm. Um, our core focus from an investment standpoint is facilitating the right connectivity between the right investor and the right company okay. and helping that company get to a place where um, they need to get to in order to be successful raising. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess having people coming from a numbers banking background to help with pitch decks and other documentation to show to almost their friends, right, is really, really useful and very time cons- or time saving. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I want to dive a little bit deeper, though, into the process. So I come to you with my company and we're doing something in the fintech space, 
walk me through a little bit more of how you work with me and walk and get me through those phases. So specifically, uh, do you mind if I do it from a less specific place? Sure. Yeah, uh, no, in, totally. That's in, fair. In terms yeah. of industry. Sure. Yeah. You know, Cause ultimately a lot of these engagements look the same and they really all start with, uh, rather than industry, they, they all start with goals. Right. Okay. Um, we, we try to establish, uh, the long-term goals of, of that client and, it could be um, setting the company up for sale. It could be setting them up for a, a large investment round. Um, it could be uh, just overall profitability, right? Um, but oftentimes there's you know, at least two components. One is raising capital or, or something from a capital perspective. And the other is uh, attaining some high growth objectives as part of that. And, so once we understand what those long-term goals are, we can back up into some shorter-term goals, be it six or 12 months, um, and then ultimately back those into quarterly goals that uh, we're able to use as part of our, if you remember our assessment roadmap execution phase, yeah. as part of our assessment using those goals as a guide to then set the guideposts in motion in order for us to uh, you know, attach the right roadmap um, that then helps us to uh, achieve success in that particular quarter. Okay. That quarter um, is then translated into a full project plan, right? And um, we have a platform that we work off of, uh, a digital platform that all of our clients use. Okay. Um, that you know really holds everything, uh, everything useful in terms of what we're working on. So it, it's going to hold their data room where they're going to have everything that we're working on with them ready for the type of investor that, lo that they're looking for and able to hand it over with ease. They're going to have, uh, in many cases, a CRM because they might not be ready for a full CRM right. um, in, in HubSpot or, or Salesforce, but they're going to need to catalog not only investors, but also uh, their sales efforts as well. Um, they're going to have a catalog of all of our meeting notes and the way and the things that we're doing with the company. And then to make it more meaningful, our, our own methodology is housed within the same platform. So it's really just a, a simple move over from our methodology into a work stream that we're working on with the company. And it's, uh, it, 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 it basically just scales over into their individual user instance, and it becomes the input that we're working on with them that are driving the workshops that are driving the ultimate outputs. And so it makes it really a meaningful process as we're going through this assessment roadmap execution where everyone's held accountable through the same platform. Everyone's on with has a transparent view into what every single person is doing, whether it's Morgan Hill or the company. And, you know, it, it really drives progress in a, in a company. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, do you guys stick to certain geographical regions or where do you guys like to focus? Uh, we are based out of St. Tampa, St. Pete and okay. New York. So we have two, two main offices. Um, but our partners are, our senior partners are spread throughout uh, the United States. So um, we have, uh, we have partners in California. We have partners in Chicago. We have a partner uh, in, in, uh, in DC area. So to give you an idea, kind of all over all over the nation, but we really try to focus on 
uh, either uh, already emerged tech cities or emerging tech cities. Sure. So Tampa being one of those that um, isn't quite yet uh, on the map as an, as an Austin or a San Francisco, but it is uh, well on the way. Those are a lot of the cities that we're trying to concentrate on that have a lot of potential to drive uh, uh, tech and innovation over the next decade. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm assuming at some point, do you guys at least have one of the partners or a few of your team members actually meet the people in person? Or do you do a lot just over the phone or, or video or a bit of both? Or, or walk us through that process. Yeah, a bit of, a bit of both. Okay. Um, just like we try to encourage our clients to not hop on a plane um, as much as possible and, and do their sales through, uh, through, through a digital way in order to, uh, to minimize costs. Um, we try to do that with them as well by providing a digital framework, but we absolutely have to do a lot of this in person. And so um, we try to find partners that are at least in the vicinity of their area, whether it's the exact city or not, so that um, not only in our quarterly review process, but also um, in regular check-ins, we definitely do get a lot of face time. Sure. I guess it's super important, right? You can only do so much in video chat or screen sharing or, or that kind of thing. Sometimes it's nice to actually sit in a room with somebody or go for dinner or beer or coffee or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Though you would be surprised how much you can get done if you have the right the right frameworks in place from a uh, from a remote viewpoint. Sure. Is there any tools you recommend that have worked well for you guys working remote then? Yeah, well, most of our platform is we've we've built um, off of some existing tool sets. Okay. Um, so that's the main that's the main uh, product that we work within from a tool set perspective. But we definitely use all the major, you know, um, uh, all the major ones out there, including Slack and 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 those of the sort for communication as well. Okay. No, that makes makes a lot of sense. So I, I'm curious. You mentioned something to me before we started recording and you kind of touched on it, but I want to dive a bit deeper. You mentioned there's a big investment gap. Do you want to talk about what that gap is and, and why you think there's such a big gap in that, that investment range? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, I kind of touched on it when we, uh, when we started talking about um, where we try to help companies Yeah. Uh, from that seed stage through uh, really Series B uh, focus from a raising capital perspective. Sure. Um, and, you know, I spent a, a bit of time at a uh, micro venture capital company here in, in Tampa called Florida Funders. Yeah. And a lot of that time led me to starting Morgan Hill um, with the really realization of how many gaps, um, you know, companies just have due to that gap in uh, gap in funding from seed stage through series B. And so, you know, series A investments are very rare these days. If they are there, they're oftentimes uh, way larger than they should be and okay. really being a series B or way smaller than they should be and really being a, a seed stage investment. And, and so that whole idea and that mantra around um, investing more in less deals is really ringing true. And, you know, in seeing that challenge, that's a big area where we try to focus our energy between seed stage and series B, helping companies navigate the landscape that does exist for those for those investments 
and, and helping companies to get the right things in place in order to be uh, investable at that particular stage. Sure. I, I know it's so tricky and there's so many different stages and it seems like in different parts of the country, different stages are called different things. And so as somebody that has maybe never raised money before, it can be so daunting to know to where where you even start or what you're even really looking for or what it's even called in your part of the the, the country. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. So do you have some kind of guidelines or advice for people that you you kind of I, I get it's really kind of general because it's probably a lot case by case, but do you want to maybe just give a bit of an overview of the different ranges and what you guys have seen in the current market, maybe a- across the country or, or maybe go coastal or something? Because I think a lot of people try to raise either on the West coast or the East coast. Yeah, I, I, I can. I mean, you know, honestly, um, I would love to be able to put a, a range to what I've seen, but it's okay. kind of crazy how all over the place things have been, and it hasn't been as regionalized as it maybe used to be. Okay, interesting. Um, you know, I, I've you know the other day I I saw a uh, you know like one million dollar Series A investment. Well, that's okay. not a Series A investment. That's really a seed stage investment. Sure. Um, the next day, the next day, I saw like a twenty-seven million dollars Series A investment. Like, <laughs> well, that's, wow. that's a little high for a Series A investment, right? So, you know, it's. Um, I think it's more about the fact that that was in back-to-back days, or maybe it was a couple days apart. Seeing, seeing one thing that was twenty-seven times the amount of of, of the former that. Um, was calling itself the same investment round. Okay. Just really shows um, and showcases exactly how uh, all over the place those types of investments are today. Yeah, that that is quite fascinating. And then you also hear people that try to do the lean startup methodology or, or bootstrap. What are your thoughts on when should you bootstrap? When should you get investment? Do you have any thoughts on, on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, ultimately, all of all of that ties back to the stage that you're in. Okay. So um, for a discovery stage company that's really focused on, you know, the objective around problem solution fit and understanding a minimal uh, getting to a minimum viable product, right? The sure. investment, the investment stage, or the investment focus there looks different as to what the investors are looking for. So um, that's really beginning the the long journey of trying to avoid the many possible missteps and structure a plan that allows the company to fuel its growth intelligently, right? That sure. might look a lot a lot more like. Uh, friends and family or bootstrapping than institutional investment because you're still learning along the way, right? right. More of that conceptual stage in, in investing or call it pre-seed stage in, in investment. And then as you as you get into the next stage of you know, validation with more of an early stage funding mentality, um, you've already created an MVP, right? You've sure. assembled a team. Um, you're trying to showcase to investors what you've accomplished and that's oftentimes going to look a little bit more like angel investment, right? Uh, angel group investment, 
maybe some maybe some um maybe some VCs um but but very rarely and um and 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 that'll be more of that micro VC if it is and as you start to approach your growth stage that's really where you start to see you know some of these super angels or really large angel groups um right where uh, there's clear evidence of progress in the company's development, right? The management team is typically at least almost complete, if not complete, and the product or service has really gone to market and been commercialized already, right? There's enough revenues being generated to obtain the market validation that you've already proved. Sure. And and so we call that stage more, you know, the efficiency and, and, and growth stage funding. And then obviously as you, as you get out of that Series A, um, approach, you start to enter more in Series B or C or mezzanine stage funding, where you're starting to see the scale. You've proved a scalable business model, right? Um, you've fully vetted everything, and you have a very multifunctional team uh, and achieved some very reasonable, if not accelerated, sales momentum. Um, and so that's, that's oftentimes uh, referred to as mezzanine stage funding. Got you. Okay. So... Are most of your clients looking to basically get acquired at some point, or does it not really matter if they want to try to build a business that, that goes on for decades, or, or how does that kind of work with you guys? Yeah, um, most of our clients are in the high growth, whether that high growth means um, selling the company, okay, um, getting increased investment to scale the hell out of it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> or um, just overall getting to a a certain scale and profitability mark. Okay. Um, we don't work with lifestyle businesses, right? We're looking for uh, we're looking for founders who uh, founders and and CEOs and groups that really believe in 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 scale and have something there, um, have a very high growth product that we can that we can add a lot of value to other areas of the team, and. You know, we have to do that because we're ultimately taking a bet on them by deferring some of our compensation as well. Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I, I think – well, and I think most people nowadays try to sell their company, right? I, it just seems so hard, especially in tech, to stay super relevant and, and not try to get bought by a big player in the space at some point because – in a lot of cases, if you don't sell to one of them, they'll probably just build your product and maybe crush you. Like, or or am I being a little bit kind of jaded there and saying that? Well, I think I, I think you've got you bring up a really good point, right? Where um, you either have to do that okay. um, or the reverse of it, right? Where you actually decide to build a high-growth company that you start to purchase other businesses that are looking to get bought. Ah, okay, interesting. And, and, and if you do that in the right way, in a very strategic way, from an acquisition perspective, then you start to kind of build something great that might be a little bit different and a little bit newer than some of the other things out there, but ultimately that's what a lot of these companies that have now become very large companies started off doing. Sure. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I'm assuming you guys would help, well, hypothetically, like my company or your client company decide whether they are better at, to try to sell it off or acquire other companies to grow. That's probably part of your services. Is that fair to say? Okay. And then I, I'm, I'm curious to know, 
some of the other kind of affiliate partner services that you help with? Because I think some are probably self-explanatory and people could probably guess, but I think some of that stuff maybe sounds kind of trivial, but in a lot of cases, some of that stuff is so basic that if you screw that up early on, it can cost you a lot of time and money to reverse or fix later. So do you want to talk about some of those other services that you guys actually help people with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, most of the most of the people who come to us have an existing uh, an existing product in place already. Okay. Um, but there are some things that we help them rethink from a product perspective, uh, from an architecture perspective on scale. Okay. And um, so one of the services that we often provide, which is something that a lot of the investors will look for in a Series A or later financing anyway, okay. is um, okay. a full tech assessment. So you heard me talk about assessments earlier in terms of the company assessment that we do every 90 days. Sure. We do a full in-depth technical architecture assessment uh, to drive around the scale and, and functionality and overall health of the technical uh, environment. And so um, that goes all the way through uh, the full stack and uh, is a big part of what we do both in preparing to raise capital and um, and for companies as we as we take them on if if, if it's needed as well. Um, another service that is even more uh, uh, popular amongst most of our clients is um, some of our go-to-market services. So whether that's early on in the stage around customer discovery or it's full market development from the go-to-market strategy perspective, um, we are very often. Uh, becoming the sales and marketing engine of a company, whether that's uh, reporting into the sales VP or in some cases when they're not ready for a sales VP, um, us acting in that manner in a fractional capacity. And so um, we get as execution-oriented as needed in order to to solve for gaps. And when the right time comes to hire full-time talent, we oftentimes uh, help in that regard as well. Yeah, I, I could very much see that makes a lot of sense, right? And and you touched on something interesting, um, just to go back, the the tech stack. Do you how often do you guys see where they need to maybe replatform or rebuild? Is it quite common or is it not really that common or somewhere in the middle or does it really depend? I would say in the world we live in it's quite common. Yeah, I, okay, uh, I would agree, but I just wanted your thoughts. Yeah, it's quite common. Um, with with our clients, it hasn't been as common because most of the time we're we're finding really great products out there, and there's very little we need to do on the product side. Right. However, there are there in certain cases there there have been needs uh, in, in order to replatform, et cetera. Sure. So you guys don't have your own development teams. Do you work with companies, or do you offshore some of that stuff, or how does that kind of work? Yeah, we do not do development in-house. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we do provide fractional CTO services. Okay. Um, we do provide uh, technical assessments and, and product road mapping. Okay. Um, but we do, not, um, we do not provide the uh, technical uh, skills for coding or development. Uh, we have some preferred providers, both onshore and offshore, that we use. Sure. That are affiliate partners of ours. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the offshore thing is always kind of a hot topic for certain people. 
but I but I think a lot of times there's a lot of tech that's getting built offshore by a lot of companies, um, and it, it just it is the way it is, right? There there's going to be people in North America and outside of North America by a lot of companies, and and partly because it's hard to find talent. You touched on that earlier. It's just as hard to find really good tech talent or a big team that you can scale quickly if if you need to grow or, or build uh, new features or replatform. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm curious, though, you guys also list you help with legal and accounting. And I think to some people, well, in, in I think a lot of cases, that's almost the two most important um, areas. Do you want to talk about how you guys work with companies on kind of the legal and accounting side of things? Yeah, uh, with with us internally, it oftentimes looks like more of a fractional CFO, okay, um, or, okay. Uh, or 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 fractional legal role. Okay. Um, the uh, we do have preferred uh, accounting firms and preferred legal firms that we work with um, as well, but the actual work is more of a. Um, think uh, think CFO type role that we provide uh, in in guidance of finding those additional uh, service providers. Got you. No, that makes a lot of sense because I, I think sometimes it's tricky and especially depending on where you are in the country and where your company's registered, the the state level laws seem to be quite different. Do you, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. From a, are you talking about from a corporate structure? Perspective? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I guess it makes it, it makes a lot of sense that you guys do it that way. So I, I'm curious. We're we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I, I definitely want to cover. Is there anything else that we haven't covered today that you would like to mention about Morgan Hill or any advice or or things that you see? Um, that are common, maybe mistakes that you would maybe like to correct to uh, the listener. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would just go back to um, you know the the overall areas to call out for someone that fits the mold. Okay. You know, someone that's trying to raise capital, um, trying to generate more sales, or just actively hiring executive talent, or had a recent executive level departure. Okay. Sweet, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, you know, oftentimes what businesses do is they'll either rush into raising capital and um, not have the core things in place in order to be successful um, and perhaps even in ruin some relationships based off of that, based off of that unreadiness. Sure. Um, they will uh, rush hire an executive, whether that's a sales VP or a new CEO or a new CTO, um, without first understanding what that person should look like and and not just from a job profile perspective but from uh, a cultural fit from a hiring them at the right time from a you know do I even need this person quite yet <laughs> perspective sure. in an, in a uh, full-time capacity and so oftentimes what we're, we're often brought in um, a few months later than we'd rather be brought in um, and uh, that leads to wasted effort and, and wasted time prior to bringing us in. And so I think that, you know, the, the area to call out is if you're looking to raise capital, um, if you're looking 
to hire a C-level executive, uh, either due to a departure or due to a new hire, um, or if you're just really looking to grow sales, uh, Morgan Hill Partners is a, a perfect fit and a perfect lead-in towards getting ready for each of those stages of evolution. And, and we love helping companies, uh, helping companies grow and to find the right talent at the right time. Very cool, man. Well, let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any other links you want to mention. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us at morganhillpartners.com. Um, we are uh, also under hashtag startup2, as in the letter 2, scallop. And uh, we'll be all over social media using that using that hashtag. Very cool, Jim. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time under your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you. And have a good rest of your day, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.